Welcome to the Queen Trail Podcast. There are three different types of radiation, alpha, beta, and gamma. What does this technology do? It's like, well, what can you do with electricity? I just survived 30 years HIV positive. I'm certainly not going to let a little thing like a brain tumor derail me. When I got to 29 pounds, I was so tired, I just collapsed. Everything always goes back to being grounded and centered. Well, first off, I thought I'd probably never make it age 60, so so much of that. <laughs> it's a mecca for cycling, for sure. Struggle is the neutralizing force. And I said, there it is. This is the right family. I'm, I got like cold chills and one lone oak tree right in the middle of the trail. It's beautiful. Hey everyone, welcome back. I hope you've had a great week since the last time that we got together. This week I am doing lists with Sophia and special guest Micah Costa, whom you may remember from episode 9, which was an In the Company of Friends talk with Michael Acosta on the subject of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and spreading more love out into the world. So this episode, we have a list that Mike put together, which is things that are overrated, underrated, or put another way, considered pretentious or not considered pretentious. The list is quite long. And the questions that we were able to cover this episode have to do with avocado toast and veganism and vegetarianism. And we really did a deep dive into both of these subjects. So they cover a lot of ground. They run the gamut. Personal stories, philosophies, of course, our personal thoughts on both of these subjects our personal love of both of these subjects. The like I said, the list is quite long. And we did also start to delve into art, contemporary art specifically. But I was really impressed at how deep we were able to go into both of these conversations. And it's just kind of refreshing, because we tend to want to get our information in bites. And we tend to want to respond in bites and just move on. And as we do that more and more, the art of conversation is beginning to disappear. So it's nice to be able to just sit down and really go for it. Like I said, there was a third question that we were, we started to get into, but I didn't include it because this is quite long, entertaining, and um, eye-opening <laughs> in a few places. So I hope that you enjoy this in the company of friends slash lists with Sophia. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're going to do a little bit of a different episode today. I have my friend Michael Acosta here. Hello. <laughs> and the perennially beautiful Sophia. Hello. We thought it would be kind of fun to do a list where we list things that are either pretentious, too pretentious, not pretentious enough, or another way of looking at it would be overrated, underrated, or just about average. Yes. So whose idea was this? Uh, 
probably mine. I have a, like 20 lists and they're all different. And we has, we used to have a, a bunch of people on the list and we would share it with each other. The first part of the test was who could outdo the other person and we'd grade them. And we were kind of like fighting against each other with the list. And then from there, we came, came up with the ultimate list. But that's kind of where these lists started. So we're going to start out with some food items. What do you guys think of avocado toast? Is it overrated, underrated, or just a normal thing? Me personally, I love avocado and toast, but it is pretentious to a certain degree depending on the situation. So I went to a restaurant and I saw the avocado and toast. The price was $38 for avocado and toast. And I even said it to the server, like, are you kidding me? I understand the, the mechanics of the restaurant business having no money, but this is ridiculous. And it's kind of like watching L.A. Story, if mm-hmm. you've ever seen it. Yeah. And, you know, Steve Martin's character is trying to take his date to a restaurant that's called Lidio. And it's spelled L apostrophe idiot. And, <laughs> <laughs> and in order to be able to even get a table in this restaurant... He has to go in for an interview. He has to present his finances. The chef has to okay what he wants. And he mentions a couple of high-end dishes. And the chef says, no, you can have roast chicken. And everybody at the table says, you know, because it's before this board of people. And they're like, you can have roast chicken. And he's like, okay, I'll only have roast chicken. And the prices are just really outrageous. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't think you've seen it, have you? No, I've never seen it. You must see it. Steve Martin, and it makes fun of the superficial aspects of Los Angeles culture. Steve Martin, is he's actually a very connoisseur person with art. But uh, yeah, he recognizes that everything has some kind of falseness to it. So he Mm. just kind of brings it to life. Yeah. (laughs) Avocado toast is kind of a staple at our house. I love turning it into art. We've got some tomato spread that I like Mm. to put on the toast, and then I'll put the avocado on top, and then I'll throw sprouts on there, a little bit of spinach, some sunflower seeds, shaved radish, Mm. and sometimes I'll put a runny egg on top. I've never done that. Yeah, I like mine with, uh, it's just like, like an avocado. I would probably put a tomato but mainly that i like the sesame seeds like a little sesame seed on top of it and that's fine with me sophie and i will choose restaurants based specifically on do they have avocado toast on the menu mm-hmm. yeah. because we love it that much so i i don't know maybe we're pretentious because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because that tends well, i'm pretentious to be... too because i eat it too <laughs> but definitely factor that into our decision making process mm-hmm. and you know is there enough variety mm-hmm. you know do they have veggie burgers yeah. do they have the avocado toast is there a really good salad like we just recently went to a mexican restaurant where they had a watermelon salad and it was watermelon and goat cheese on top of lettuce and i think i got chicken or salmon to go with it and it was just delicious so I like 
unique, very fresh, and I think that we kind of tend to gravitate towards that. Yeah, I really like avocado toast. I do feel like it is pretentious, though. Eating eating, eating watermelon salad sounds good, but it it, is, like, all together, maybe (laughs) it does sound pretentious. I I think it's, like, it's fancy. I mean, avocados are generally expensive, so it's kind of, like, an elevated thing. But I don't also know. we're in California yeah. and our next door neighbor has a big old giant tree so we can get free avocados all the time. That's true. People with avocado trees yeah. are always oh like, please God, take yeah. them from us. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't say that. And you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why we like it's, them it's so like much. It's like the facade. Oh, I love them too. Yeah. I, I can't I, get enough of it's, avocados. It's like the vibe of them. You know, like mm. the vibe of avocados is very like Cali. expensive and like luxurious and like. And then you have uh, I don't know. scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah, like scrambled eggs are like, uh, you know. Like, like, like rustic, like, and then you got yeah. breakfast. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. kind of like French toast and pancakes, you know? Like French toast is like this. Okay, personally, I think French toast, it's like, sounds fancier because it's like French yeah. toast. Yeah. Then like pancakes, like, which are boring and like everywhere. But like, you can only get French toast at like fancy, you know, like, it's the facade of the. Or Belgian the, toast. <laughs> yes, the Belgian waffles. Yeah, waffles, like it's, sorry. it's like the name of it. It's like the, the prestige that people like put upon. Associate with it. Yes, which I feel like makes it pretentious, but in actuality it isn't it really. Isn't, yeah. <laughs> like I'm literally looking at avocados sitting on a tree. Like yeah. our neighbors have little avocados on their tree. <laughs> they sure do. But yeah, I like it. I mean, there was a place near my school where me and my best friend used to eat avocado toast all the time and it came with like an egg and they like, put a lot of stuff on it. But yeah. No, I was trying to figure really out when good. I first started seeing avocado toast because I used to have it because it's a quick meal, especially when you're a vegetarian. You don't, you just can't pull out a sandwich out of your hat. <laughs> and I started noticing like that became the meal for like me. Like I, I couldn't eat anything. Like I don't want to eat a grilled cheese sandwich for the hundredth time. Yeah. You know, I don't want my blood there's, sugar to skyrocket. There's, I think <laughs> it's a chain. Perhaps it's a gastro pub. That's in the beach cities, and there's a couple of them. We will go there specifically because they have an avocado toast. They put a whole avocado on top of grainy, rustic bread, uh, the shaved radish, and you know a little bit of greens, and then they put grilled yeah. salmon on top. It's not thirty-eight dollars, and it's a lot of food, and it's really mm-hmm. filling. Yeah. And it's all those really healthy fats. I think avocado toast probably started becoming really common in Los Angeles area restaurants, at least, when gastropubs started becoming more popular and farm-to-table restaurants yeah, um, really started coming in because well, like, there's, a, there's a freshness associated with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. I feel like with the wave of, like, vegetarianism and veganism and, like, people watching their diets, it's kind of the same thing that happened with, like, soy milk. It was very difficult to find when I was growing up. And as time has gone within the past 10 years, it's readily available at every supermarket. You get it at Starbucks. I feel like avocado toast is kind of on the same wave of the alternative milk mm-hmm. thing. I would probably agree with you. I mean, I remember, well, when I became a vegetarian, they I had to make everything myself. Like, I had to do everything from scratch. I had to make my own milk. I had to create everything myself because no restaurant had veggie burgers no restaurant had anything the only thing i could probably eat at most restaurants would be like grilled cheese yeah <laughs> like they're they like what's a what's a grain burger because that's what they were called grain burgers they were even called veggie burgers <laughs> um 
And I remember they're made out of like carrots, like they're really thick carrots oats. and oats and all these weird onions, and mushrooms. Then, and then Mrs. Gooch's came around, which was bought out by uh, Whole, Whole Foods. Foods. Um, that was the only place in this whole area, unless you went up to the Palisades and went to the end of the seventh, right? Which is the first place I think that had avocado toast that I remember. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting journey how avocado toast has come along. Yeah, you start year. seeing the things that are available, you know, like salads became a huge thing. And when we were growing up, a salad was spinach leaves with a little bit of dressing on there. And it wasn't super palatable. It wasn't filling. It just wasn't substantive. Now you order a salad and it's an entire meal in itself and there's so many different varieties and that wasn't available until much later on and it's the same thing with the farm to table foods and they're just so much of a better quality and i think another driver of the elegant plating came from the reality cooking shows yeah the cooking shows like who can put out the best looking plate and they get like the top chefs of the world and they're putting out these plates that are just a feast for your eyes and you're just going whoa that's amazing i want that served to me and now we have restaurants that do that and follow through with really fresh delicious food and avocado just can't be preserved i know that you can freeze avocados but if you freeze them you're going to be able to make smoothies with them. You're not, I mean, like... You don't want to eat them again because they are—they taste really rancid they, if they, they stay in there too long. You, you know, I mean, you have to serve the avocado not within the day that it's cut, but within minutes of it being cut. Which yeah. I think also makes it fancy because it's like the, the life of it goes it's, away so quickly. It's yeah. like flowers, you know, once you pick them, they die. Yeah, yeah you got to like put it's it the in. same thing. You can slow it down, but you can't stop it from yeah. like going away. You got to eat it like right away. Right. So there is a time factor with those. And I, I can understand why a restaurant would charge a lot for the avocado because one, it is a hard to pick and hard get to, to you yeah. and it you know, doesn't last very long. You got to pick it at the right time and you got to let it nurture its way to being ripe mm-hmm. and there's ways to slow it down, but it's and still... And you got to transport it with care. It's a very yeah. fragile yeah. Yeah. fruit. Yeah, it drives me crazy. I'll be at some grocery store and people are just crushing the hell out of my god. Tossing them around. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst. But I think I think it's I think they think in certain situations it might seem pretentious, but I think we all like it. I think I it's mean, enjoyable. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you have to have it. It's yes. just, it, it hits all the markers. Like anybody, whatever diet you're on, can eat a avocado toast and it has the right balance of all those things you need: mm-hmm. the carbs and has the fats that aren't gonna you know make you go in elevated sugar levels or anything like that. Yeah, so. yeah. No, there. It's a, it's one of my favorite favorite. Same here. Yeah. Know. Um, I think that where, where food becomes pretentious, for example, would be if it's not as readily available. So avocados are so readily available to us, but say we were somewhere, it's too cold. Mm -hmm. And now you're wanting avocado toast every day. And that's the only thing you'll have, you know, like if you just become particular about something, I think it's the, the pickiness, the pickiness factor. Yeah. But I mean, then again, we might be kind of pretentious because we are incredibly particular yeah. about the restaurants that we choose. Like, oh, that one doesn't have avocado toast. No, we can't go there, <laughs> you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's like caviar or something like that. Like, it's like, it's not readily available to the masses. So it's seen as this fancy thing, you know? Yeah. Like, 
Did we come to a consensus about... I think we all like it, but in, the, in certain yes. situations it can come off as pretentious, but Pre- we, don't, pretentious, we don't believe but it ourselves, enjoyable. but yeah. it's still enjoyable. And you know, when Matt lived next door, I, like he was trying to get every avocado off of that tree. He would show up with like 20 avocados just for Sophie and me. I think that because when you get that much of an availability yeah. of something... It's really hard to call it pretentious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the amount of people I know who have avocado trees, I know like three or four different people who have avocado trees, and any one of them, you can call them up and be like, hey, do you have avocados? And they're like, yes, please take them, uh-huh. you know? And it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not really pretentious anymore. They're all over the place. Like, no, and you can make so many, I mean, we've baked with them. We've made avocado mm-hmm. ice cream. So good. You That's replace, good. I love that. You replace oh, the uh, cream with an avocado it's going to be green but avocado doesn't have that much of flavor and it's such high healthy fat content that you can use it in place of yeah green. it's it's extremely delicious to you eat can use oh it my instead god of yeah. butter so yeah okay well i think we have a lot of food on this list so we might as well since we're talking about avocados go to veganism or vegetarianism or specific like the two of you guys are vegetarians so let's do that is vegetarianism and or veganism i guess overrated underrated a normal thing is is it pretentious is it not pretentious Uh, i think a little like anything um like i just did it when i first started however many years ago i did it it was more of an experiment to try something else and do it just for a little while. I never expected it to go as long as it has. And back then, I think for me, there wasn't really any place I could buy stuff. So I had to basically everything I did, I had to go find it in a book and create it myself. So I, I think I looked at it as a learning experience and then trying to figure out my way around it. And then I noticed a byproduct of that was... At that particular time, how people treated me when they found out I had gone this direction, especially when I even went into veganism for a while. So you can almost, to a certain degree, you could you could find out who your friends were and who weren't your friends just by the fact that they didn't like you because you went this different direction. Isn't that weird that people would drop you simply because of what you're eating? Yeah, it was weird. And to me, I was like, I'm not faulting you for eating meat in front of me. Like, I don't drink either. So that was another one, too. Like, I don't drink. People's like, oh, Mike must have come from an alcoholic family and he's got trauma. I'm like, no, it just doesn't taste good. So I had two strikes against me. I didn't drink and I had to go in this different direction with food just because I wanted to try something new. That's all it was for. And I'm always doing stuff like that. And so, yeah, back then it was like, oh, (laughs) it was like, wow, what the hell is he doing? Yeah, you know, so I'll start to think about stuff like that where people all of a sudden don't like you because you've made really what is an inconsequential or at least seems on the surface and in so many ways an inconsequential decision that is personal, doesn't really affect anybody else. But I think it's kind of a throwback to that suspicious gene that we have, that fear of things that are different, which is kind of like this archaic caveman, you know, way back in the hominid evolutionary cycle, a sense that we continue to carry today. And when somebody sees that you're doing something that's 
radically different from anything that they would do. You know, like we grew up, you know, right after meat became a big thing, the milk lobbyists were like, got milk. I mean, I remember growing up drinking so much milk and the, the idea, the thought now for me personally, not putting down anybody who drinks milk, but the thought of me drinking milk is just anathema. I, I don't want to drink it, but I, what I believe is that when you're doing something that's radically different than your peers are doing, some of them are going to take it as a direct challenge to what they're doing as though you have said, the fact that you're eating meat makes you a problem. So before you even get to the point of even being able to vocalize anything like that, were you too, which you would never, uh, they're going to say it first, or they're going to behave in a way that says it first, which is, I can't hang out with Mike any longer because he eats carrots yeah. and lettuce and veggie burgers. Um, Maybe I like it that way too. But, you know, it was even like you, yeah, you know, I mean, you start to think back to even yeah. people who were left-handed were seen as witches. Yeah, they, they were seen forced, as yeah. though they had some sort of satanic tendencies within them. And so you, you just even think about stuff like that. You know, somebody sticks their right hand out back in the day, 1500s, 1600s, right hand out to shake your hand and you're putting your left hand out and they're like, whoa, yeah. man, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And I think that continues on. We don't think about it. We think about people doing that as being superstitious, somehow ignorant, but I think that no matter how much we try to get away from that, it's still there. And it bleeds over into so many other things, but talking about specifically vegetarianism and the fact that that happens with your food choices tells you how strong that gene or that tendency remains in us to this day. Yeah, and I think the, I mean, when I started, it was, I mean, like, it was pretty, nothing was around like it is now. I mean, you probably have a different, yeah. different, Totally. view of that <laughs> yeah. but, but um in that scenario where it is at that point maybe seen as different it is different so what <laughs> I, I think personally it, it does seem a little pretentious maybe as time goes on depending on how the person projects it out like i've been attacked by even people that are vegans or vegetarians because i'm not enough not of a vegetarian because yeah. i don't get mad at people for eating meat. And my view is like, I just want somebody to maybe think about what they're eating. Maybe not go vegetarian or veganism. Maybe just do it for a day. Like one day, don't eat meat. You know how much, if everybody in the world did that for a day, so much suffering in the world would be lessened by that one day. Yeah. Stretch it into two days. It's not hard to do. <laughs> I'm not against eating meat. I just haven't found the impetus to go back to eating meat yet. Now we got this whole, you know, they're going to be making meat out of, you know, cells. What are we going to do then? Like, what are vegetarians and vegans going to do then? Because now there is no suffering. That's going to create a mm -hmm. weird like scenario. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you do at that point? Like, me personally, I like veggie patties because they're veggie patties. They're different than yeah. hamburger meat. Yes. I still like the ones that taste like meat, but those two things are totally different things yeah. to me. 
and they both had to be cooked in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you feel like because yeah. you came up with it later than I did. Yeah, so I kind of had the same experience with milk as you guys did with like vegan vegetarianism where like I was looked at as weird because I drank soy milk. Everyone was like, "What is this?" and I was like I was like 6 years old and all my friends were like that's weird. Like, why don't you drink milk? And I was like, because it'll make me throw up. It's it's interesting for me to see how we were able to buy soy milk, but most of the time it was like shelf stable, mm-hmm. which is very like interesting. But now we have soy creamer in our fridge. That's like, <laughs> it's crazy to me because it's only been like five, ten uh, five, years. Ten years. Yeah. Like, and that's in my lifetime. It's very Well, I was odd. like her. I drank milk to no end. And then yeah. one day, I must have hit the threshold. <laughs> After that day, like, I had to go to the hospital. That's how bad it was. Oh, wow. From that point on, they said, milk is no more in your life. I oh, go, yeah. wow. And I go, wow. I was like a drug fiend with milk. I would down a gallon of milk mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. So I went from like, okay, now I got to figure out what I'm going to drink. Because I can't drink milk anymore. I'm going to go ballistic on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just feel that it's so awesome that there are so many food choices. Because what I find is that I tend to gravitate away from dairy products. And I often will go months without eating meat, you know, and then one day I'll be like, I really want a hamburger. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't know, what would you say, like 90%, Mm -hmm. 85 to 90% vegetarian, just because I really like the way it makes me feel. I really like the way a lot of these foods taste. I think it's a creative challenge to create a lot of these meals. And of course, like you said, a veggie burger is not an analog to me. The point is that you're having something that's different, like expanding the repertoire of the foods that you're eating. But it was funny because you just reminded me when you said that they're going to start basically 3D cloning meat. Yeah. Did you ever watch the series Better Off Ted? No, I've never seen that. Oh, it's so good. So funny. (laughs) Do you remember Viridian Technologies? They cloned some steak Mm -hmm. and they couldn't get it right. Yeah. I don't remember what the whole episode was because it's 2009. There were only two seasons. I was really sad that they didn't go into a third season because it's hilarious. And it's all about this bumbling technologies company of the future. Very funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're doing a lot of this cloning of food products. And I'm finding the more that science researches animal-based products, the less I enjoy them. For ethical reasons, like lobster was something that we would eat all the time, and I just refused to eat lobster. They, they recently found out that lobsters are sentient, and I could have told you that a really long time ago, <laughs> except that every chef was like, oh, you throw the lobsters into the boiling water and then put the lid on quick because <laughs> air escapes, you're going to hear them screaming and they're going to be banging, but they don't feel anything. And it's like, scientists are now like, no, the lobsters know they're being cooked alive. You know? Well, it's like they found out that trees and plants, like, feel stuff. So it's like, why wouldn't animals who are, like, flesh, like, you know? They do. Everything feels something. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm just like, lobsters off the menu, you know? And then the dragging of the ocean floors to get shrimp. 
the damage to yeah. the coral to to every organism that's on the ocean floor just to be able to collect shrimp and it's become like this great health food and it's destroying the oceans and so i like shrimp but environmentally i like the environment i want to protect the ocean so i will not eat shrimp and there are some shrimp that are farmed or that are caught without having the ocean dragged and you'll know that you're eating those shrimp simply because they're expensive as all get out (laughs) they're super super expensive but um yeah there's a lot of you know there's a lot of things that i won't eat because I'm environmentally conscious, and I think that upsets people, too. That could be looked as pretentious in its own way, too. Yeah. That's why when somebody says, oh, well, what, like, why aren't you getting mad at that person? It's like, because it's just an idea, Uh, and everybody has an idea. Most of them are bad, so you just got to figure out what's a good idea and make it better, because a stagnant Mm -hmm. idea is always going to be your enemy. An idea that is flexible and you're able to discuss even as you disagree and figure out that middle ground and elevate that bad ideas on both sides to a better idea, I think you're going in the right direction. Just like food. I'm not saying vegetarian is is better, but for me, I liked it. I think maybe that's where the pretentiousness comes in. People think like, oh, you think you're better than me because you're doing this. It's kind of like this this circuitous argument that I think people get in their minds and and I think we all do it about certain things and we just have to kind of catch ourselves and go you know like the fact that somebody's eating something different than me doesn't make it wrong doesn't mean that I have to put it down doesn't mean that I have to feel bad about what I'm eating yeah um it just you know I'm not gonna run around stopping people from eating lobster I would like listeners to consider the fact that the lobsters that are being boiled alive do feel that. Um, I think, too, that what makes certain foods or certain certain diets pretentious is the way that they're marketed. Because there's a lot of organizations, a lot of companies and businesses out there who want to market food as the ultimate luxury um, I don't know. I I do think that, you know, a lot of factors come into dietary choices and there's so much conflicting information out there that it's really hard to get solid information, to know what is actually grounded and what is just something that somebody thought of and sounded good. So you you have to get your critical thinking cap on and, you know, is this a bandwagon argument everybody's saying that this is what it is or is this actually grounded in real truth and science so for example i'm just thinking about this and i have to do some research on it but quinoa quinoa wasn't even a thing and then all of a sudden it became the strain that everybody was eating because it's yeah. super high in protein it's really not a grain it's a seed yeah but it acts like a grain and you know there's some issues with overeating it because of the nutrients that are in there and the chemical profile of the food i think it's got some uric acid or something in there which you find in like walnuts and other foods that can cause arthritis like symptoms inflammation and that sort of thing although it is a healthy food but what was happening is it's not an indigenous to the United States food. Yeah. And the majority of it is coming to the United States from Peru. 
So the Peruvians, all of a sudden, you know, fields are being created where there was forest to grow this lucrative grain. And they're not even able to afford something that's a staple to their diet because yeah. we're, ta- we're getting so much of it over here. So not eating something is not going to stop a problem, but not eating something isn't going to contribute to it. You know, and then everything in moderation. Like, yeah. this actually is where I think a lot of the pretentious thoughts, in my mind anyway, about particular diets. And uh, vegetarian is definitely one of them because there's this trendy aspect about it. There's people who are vegetarians just because that's what they prefer. And then there's people who are vegetarians and vegans because it's trendy to drink a smoothie in the morning and there's not a real understanding of the nutritional quality of the diet it's just being done because it's trendy and it sounds good but has i'm a better person than you kind of attitude towards it yes that's yes. what it that's what there's, it has i think that's what it is I right thing okay so this uh youtube channel they do these videos where they do six of something and then there's like one person who's a mole essentially and they did this one where it was six vegans and one non-vegan. And this video like blew up because this one girl in it, she's like one of those very hardcore vegans. She had this I'm better than you aura to her. And like every single person, she was like, oh, you're not vegan enough because you eat like gummies or something. And this guy was like, oh, I didn't even know that there was like stuff in there that wasn't vegan. And she's no. like, no, you need to be voted out because you're not vegan enough. <laughs> Everyone like hated her. And it was just like, that militaristic it, it's about yeah it. and it's like this is the thing that people like look at and are like think of vegans you're not vegan enough if you're not like protesting and stuff like that like then you bring up the fact that a lot of food is created by chemicals so you got to kind of take a lot of that stuff and i'm not saying anything with science is bad but what but looks yeah. better on paper mm-hmm. personally picking up a carrot out of the ground or even even meat you know Looks better to me. Yeah, than, than like fake cheese. <laughs> yeah. Like fake cheese. I don't know what that stuff is. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Well, I mean, it's not fake. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well it's not about real Velveeta, milk. It's not real milk American cheese. cheese. Those are okay, well, that, but that, that has a place weird. in like when, when the world really goes underground weird. and we're under exactly right. the Twinkies, you know, yeah. from <laughs> he's like, I just want my twink <laughs> zombie land. land. Yeah, but I mean, all these or products were created at the end of World War II. There was a lot of processing and there was a lot of push by these companies to have everything canned, to get TV dinners on the table, to have shelf stable foods the refrigerators came out in fact i'm gonna grab a book while we're talking well i mean you got well tv dinners were one because i mean we're at war and they had to figure out how to feed everybody with with less stuff and they and then like people there wasn't somebody at home all the time so it was like but then you have things like appliances that came out this is a book that was put out by general electric refrigerator company Try to convince people why a refrigerator is something that you should have in your home. And, you know, you don't need an ice box in your house anymore. <laughs> you don't need to have all of that water leaking on the floor, all the spoiling food and all of that sort of thing. So because of appliances suddenly becoming a big thing in homes, you have products that we're going to stay around longer. 
you know, so I think that that's where some of this came from. Well, it's weird that you brought that out because I have a friend who lives in Long Beach and, and they have an old ass house and they didn't know it, but they opened their closet and they're remodeling and they found that there was some kind of door underneath the door. <laughs> and he was like, what the hell is this? Opens it up and it's got stairs like, whoa, is this a secret room? He found out that this was where they kept all their food because it's a cold room. Oh. So he goes down there and it's like, God, it's freaking cold in here. It's under the ground. It was kind of trippy. That's cool. And they're like, what are stairs doing to my closet? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Now you know what it is. Now you know it's there. Yeah. yeah. So now it's going to be a wine cellar or something. I think that why people think it's pretentious or, and it might not even be the right word to use. Sure, I mean, yeah. We probably could expand it into a better lexicon of phrases or word to describe when somebody says that a particular diet is pretentious, it's because it's taken on a political quality about it. Typically, and I they also attach themselves to that idea. That. There's politicization about certain diets and veganism and vegetarianism is one of them because they are aligned. Like I said, you know, I think about environmental impact, not always, not every day, not every meal, but I do think about environmental impact and I kind of adjust a little bit around it. I also think about health impact, what's going to be healthier for me to eat. And there's so many different factors that go into it. But when you start politicizing a diet or a lifestyle, then it starts taking on some of those religious qualities to it mm -hmm. that, um, you know, you can single out that this is something to kind of almost worship. There's yeah. a worshipful element well, to it. Well, people make it I, their personality. It's and like... I think that's when people start thinking pretentious because they don't, they haven't been able to think it out enough to be able to express what it is that they don't like about something. Yeah. So um, I think there's a lot of good qualities to vegetarianism, to veganism. Both of you guys are vegetarians. So many of my friends are vegetarian. I'm like 85% vegetarian. So, I mean, even in the end, when you start thinking about these elements of these diets that cause you to think, oh, this is so pretentious, they've also allowed the proliferation of foods to be available in the store. And they've brought a lot of attention to the fact that this is healthier. It's more mainstreamed. You flip the coin from vegetarianism and now you've got paleo. Which people describe as pretentious. The weird thing about paleo, it's actually better if you're vegan on that diet. Even though most people on the paleo diet eat meat and they're very driven by that, but you're already at that ketone level, all you need to do is go with the next step. It's actually a lot easier doing it that way. You just have to kind of adjust the diet and your timing or something to that effect. It's, it was like it was a couple of years ago that I read the article. I've never tried the paleo diet. I just thought it was no. kind of unusual. <laughs> mm -hmm. They call it a pagan diet, P-E-G-A-N, yeah. mm -hmm. and it's a hybrid of paleo and vegan. Yeah, it was supposed to have originated from the, the Paleolithic age where they Paleolithic, yeah. But at that age, they found, like, they, they don't eat a lot of bread. But now they found out that cavemen and Paleolithics and all, they did have their own version of bread now, uh, which was attached yeah. to that oracle, which is kind of which unusual. Which makes sense. 
Yeah, that's why that's why I say you shouldn't fix the idea like this is paleo, yeah. this other, you should be you should follow that paleo diet if it helps you, but don't be fixed to that that idea. It's yeah. like like I've tried every kind of veggie burger or whatever you want to call it, grain burger, and I grade them like okay, this is not very good. And I knew from making it from scratch back in the day that the longer you cook it, the better it tastes. You almost have to get it to a point where it's burned, yeah, so it like hardens because the grain flavor actually comes out more as the heat intensifies, but you got to get it just right. And I know there's a place up in like Santa Maria, they make the most perfect veggie burger because of the way they cook it. And I mean, people line up just to get this burger. If you cook it longer, you actually get more flavor out of it. And that's how I was doing it before, just because I couldn't keep the damn burger straight. It was Yeah, I know, they fall, they fall apart. It's so <laughs> annoying. I'm just like, sometimes I'm like, you I'm not even You have to try it out and then... Yeah, yeah, like sometimes I don't want to flip it because I'm like, I'm going to mess it up. But I guess you can do deep fryers and those make oh, the like best. Oh, like the air fryers? Air fryers, that's what mm-hmm. they are. So those make them a lot better well you can also like we have one you can like dehydrate with it yeah so maybe you could like dehydrate it i hated doing that because it takes forever the only problem i had with veganism it takes forever to cook the food yeah wait all that time you're like if you're hungry what do you do you gotta eat a fruit or something yeah you know if food just takes a long time to cook yeah yeah you don't realize oh my god (laughs) you're like trying to warm something up and you're just like eating like the raw pieces at least that's what i do I just like like I'll eat like cheese that's not melted. Like I'll just. Do you think you learned anything from that? Like, but for me, not only did I figure out like who your true friends are, or like how people's attitudes are mm-hmm. towards things. Did you yeah. find anything like that kind of journey? Like it's, it's almost taught me a lot more because like I had to learn everything from scratch. I'm happy now because I don't got a lot of time when I get home. I gotta like cook stuff really fast, but. I can cook something and I can figure out what to make with it just because yeah. I've had so much practice. Yeah. I even cook meat for my family mm-hmm. and I used to eat meat. So I know what mm-hmm. meat tastes like. I don't have to taste it. I can cook it and no, I know what good. it's going to taste like. Yeah. So I feel like as I've grown up, people are more okay with vegan and vegetarianism. When I learned that, like, even in, like, the 90s, it was kind of, like, weird. I, I thought that was really interesting. Like, you'll you'll watch, like, shows, like, Friends, for example. Mm-hmm. They make a lot of jokes about, like, vegans. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I never heard that. But then, like, you'll watch old shows and stuff. But I feel like people do feel like they have almost apologized to me that they're not following the same diet as me, which yeah. is, like, very odd. Because I'm like, oh, I don't, like, I don't care. Like, yeah. you can eat your chicken. You can eat your... Yeah. burger something that you just mentioned too which is that when you look at the old shows they did make a lot of fun of that's mm-hmm. rabbit food. yeah rabbit you know that was a big thing and i feel like media um you know the the sitcoms the the films everything from that era that was putting down vegetarianism created yeah. Those concepts, you start to go, oh, well, you know, this person, this character, who really isn't real, but is played by a real person, said that veganism or, you know, vegetarian, or, or they put down salad eating. Like, I'm not yeah, yeah eat just salad. salad, yeah. Or the whole thing with, you know. Where's your protein coming from? Who was it? Somebody, some talk show host. Yeah. Where's your protein? Where are you going to get Yeah, what protein? are you eating? How do you eat on that diet? <laughs> I mean, I just have to say, being a former fitness nutrition coach, a cup of broccoli has two grams of protein in it. So 
vegetables and fruits still have some protein in them. Yeah. Well, look at beans and legumes. God, that has a lot of more protein. They're very too. high in protein. Yeah. 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 So, you know, you're still, you're going to get all that, but there was a lot of that negative press. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah. Speak. And it, it'll be said and the laugh track will go and then like they'll move on from there and your brain is kind of like still processing it. But, like, you pick it up as, like, oh, yes, like, that is, like, funny. Like, we should put people like that down. Yeah, and then it it spreads. It becomes somehow, like, your thinking is flawed. I remember I was a pretty strict vegetarian for health purposes. I had just started dating somebody at the time, and their family was meat and potatoes all the time. And it was an inconvenience to them. For me to go, you know, all I want is the potatoes. Like, I, I would never, and a lot of vegetarians are this way, we're conscientious. I mean, you know, a lot of us become vegetarians because we're actually thinking about the way that our actions affect the rest of the world. It's all a ripple effect. So it's not a non-thinking diet, but because of shows mm. of the time period presenting people who are actually putting some thought into what's going on their plate and how it affects the rest of the world, these shows are presenting them as non-thinkers or somehow ignorant to the facts. It makes people uncomfortable. Like, I do remember at the time, this family would ask me questions about why I'm a vegetarian, and I would mention some environmental factor that, you know, a pound of beef takes, like, However, a thousand, a thousand gallons, gallons of water, of water right? Yeah. Okay, so that's what diet for a small planet. Francis Moore looked Yeah, Pines. yeah, I had so, the book. I never, I don't think I ever read it. And, oh, she's got some really good recipes in there. Uh, my favorite one is a really weird one, and I do go for. It the, came off as pretentious, just to be <laughs> honest. Sorry. I'm just the, the, yeah. It, yeah. It was a little too much. It was a little too much. I started reading it, and I was like, I can't, I don't know why. I, I probably would agree with the message, but for some reason I could not get past the first chapter or first couple chapters. And I just had to keep, every time I try to pick it up and read it, I just Sometimes cannot. Sometimes it's hard when you like know kind of And I'm a really good reader, on. but I, something I about it was kind of throwing me back. To be honest, I don't think I actually read the part where it was trying to explain to you why vegetarianism was the right choice for the planet. I bought it for the recipes. She's got this really great one in there that's called Spaghetti for Peanuts. Mm -hmm. That was one of my absolute favorite recipes. And I just mentioned Frances Morlapay because she's the one that said uh, one pound of beef takes a thousand gallons of water, whereas a pound of vegetable is going to take a fraction of that. And I don't know the numbers right now off the top of my head. And I just remember having this conversation at the table and everybody just kind of stops eating and you know, some of them are pushing their food around their plates and just kind of like thinking about what I'm saying. And then the question goes, where are you reading this nonsense? <laughs> yeah. And, and I... I was just going, I got it from the scientific journal, this, you know, one of the scholarly journals, which makes me sound pretentious because I'm using that word, but that's what they call them if you want to actually find real science. 
type into your browser bar scholarly articles on whatever it is. Oh, yeah. and they have Google Scholar. It's like a search yes, engine. Yes, yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, and it's, it's a scholarly. Well, that's why I never it's brought. I never brought that people, up. But people go, "Oh, you're reading." <laughs> you're like, I don't know. <laughs> scholarly stuff. How that's, pretentious of you! But it's, it's like not, bringing up church and when at dinner, you know, you don't want to. <laughs> like I just purposely said, I don't know why I became a vegetarian, just to be an ass, maybe. But I mean, at the same time, you know, they ask me, I'm going to answer. <laughs> Yeah, and, I, I and, mean, you know, but I would get that. Well, like a know, chicken like, has to eat like six what? pounds to create an ounce, you know. But al- almonds are the same thing. So almonds have to almonds. take like a hundred gallons per almond. Yeah. So yeah, we are don't. we going to destroy every almond tree? Right. No, we're not because they're necessary for the environment, just like cows are. And yeah. people are going to eat cows. All I'm saying is maybe do a reductionized thinking about certain things. Like, yeah. yeah. So what about that avocado farm? And avocados take a lot of water too. They yeah. Take so much, and then mudslides. Or you have it's... the cartel. You have the Mexican cartel that's now like threatening Food and Drug Administration agents. Or the so cacao seeds, yeah. yeah. The cacao seeds, wine, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it's really crazy. And so you just kind of have to do the best that you can. Don't well, go really... go a step further. I mean, it's, these things require a lot of water. Everything's going to require water. The world exists on one percent water. We're not necessarily a haven for water here. One, we got droughts. I think people, I think people in general just have to think beyond that. Like we need to figure out how to get water. Water's going to be scarce no matter what, but we're surrounded by water. We just need to figure out how to make water more accessible to people. It's not a water shortage. It's just a shortage of your mind not being able to get to that point where we can get water for these things that we need. And it's kind of bandwidth. Yeah. You know, mental bandwidth. You know. So. I, I think just as a society, we might not. Uh, totally, <laughs> what do you not got? Not quite there? there right now. <laughs> what do you got? But, One thing I got is from being a vegetarian and a vegan was, you know, you think in life that nothing changes. But in the span of whatever, 20, 30 years, now I can walk into a Target of all places and get any kind of milk I want to get. And I think that's the testament to my belief that we make a difference by our thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's a testament of how far you can come when you have a good roadmap ahead of you for lack of a better term. So Mm -hmm. you've got this roadmap of vegetarianism and why it's good for you. But also, I think it's a testament to how accepting we can be as human beings, how much we can, um, we can either be really rigid in the way that we perceive things, or we can have a much more fluid ability of just not necessarily embracing everything because that's not a good idea, but at least examining it where it doesn't matter if people are vegetarian or not. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get regular milk if I want. I'm going to be able to get heavy whipping cream, which I do, you know, we use that because a lot of recipes call for heavy whipping cream. And you can do aquafaba if you're vegan or vegetarian. I don't, it's not my favorite. So I do use heavy cream Um, or the avocado if I don't care that something's green. Um, But, you know, I could go in and I can get animal-based milk and like you said I can get alternative plant-based milk non-dairy milk and that just comes from a lot of people going you know what I really don't (laughs) care so it's a lot of just society coming to a consensus that diets don't really make or break a person you 
you know. I mean, I think we have to be we have to be grateful that we have the choice because most countries yeah. don't have that choice. And I come from that industry where I see these trends as they're developing in my job, and then I see them as they start to inch up, and then they become part of the. Mm. You know, the ecosphere or whatever you want to call it and and then where it starts to fade or becomes part of the environment if it sticks yeah. you know i see it in all the products that i push or find <laughs> as i'm meeting with these people so when we went to costa rica i don't think we had any milk at all during that time was there non-dairy milk there i mean i'm sure that they probably had coconut milk I feel like maybe one time there was like a soy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not to say that they, they didn't have vegetarian food in Costa Rica either. Yeah. Back to that. When I go to a restaurant, I go on in there and see what they have, especially if it's a meat restaurant. And I know they have salads, so I don't worry about it. I can eat whatever. It doesn't matter. They, I know they have pasta, so I can make my own dish. And typically I'll just tell the, the waiter, like, give me a pasta and then have them put uh, the bell pepper from here, the onion from mm, there. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been anywhere where they've told me that they can't make something that I've requested. I've never found a place either. that's really also a testament to how mainstream these diets are. So I, you know, I like that. Sometimes they go, well, we can't do it exactly like that, but we can do this. That's great. They're always willing to accommodate the patron's palate. And now that's changed quite a bit. Like before you probably couldn't, like when I first started, but I went to one place and it was all meat and I noticed that they only had a potato. (laughs) and But they did have salad. So I could have added salad. And I told the the guy, like, bake me the potato, have him cut it, and then throw it next to the salad because that's a meal for me. Like I love those two things together. Uh And that's what he did. And then the, the chef had came out at that restaurant. He's like, like, I noticed you just got salad and potato. You don't want anything else? Like, I can't cook you up a steak. It's like, oh, I don't eat meat. It's like, oh, well, you know, I have some pasta in the back. So he's like, I can make you this. So I'm, yeah, I've never had a problem. Yeah. Okay, so what have we decided with vegetarianism and veganism? Is it overrated, underrated, pretentious, not pretentious? No. It's it not pretentious. I just think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it can get that way just like anything yeah. else. It's got a dichotomy in there and... Uh, some people misrepresent it. Some people don't and just try to be more, um, I think people just need to be more open on all ends mm-hmm. of the spectrum. <laughs> and I, I can see where it does come off as pretentious. But I think as time has gone on, I think people have accepted things. I really enjoyed exploring those topics and their places within the realm of popular opinion. Who would have thought that what you eat could be so divisive without a deeper exploration of how what's on your plate affects the world? I think that regardless of how exhaustive those conversations seemed, we barely scratched the surface. I would love for you to send in your questions, insights, and expansions on these subjects. If you have a favorite avocado toast, vegetarian, or even a paleo recipe, or a pagan recipe, send it in as well, along with any other topic that you would like us to explore under the title of overrated slash underrated. I really do love hearing from you. As always, I'll post links to everything that we talked about in the show notes. Please take a moment to rate this episode. It only takes seconds and your ratings will help move this podcast closer to the top of searches so that my friends and I can reach more people. 
My friends are amazing and I am so excited to share upcoming In the Company of Friends talks with you. Be sure to follow me on the socials and the dot com where I post updates, upcoming topics, recipes, and lots more. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the dot com all at the Queen Trail Podcast. That's T-H-E-Q-U-A-I-N-T-R-E-L-L-E Podcast. I am Syl Annan, the Queen Trail. And until next time, I wish you passion, grace, adventure, good meals, elegance, and beauty. Yeah, the 1950s aspect. Jellied chicken. chicken. That's disgusting. (laughs) Well, I think it just kind of harkens back a little bit to, you know, because I always look at stuff like that. Like, why are... I go with that. Sophie's dying yarn. (laughs) That's what that alarm is. She's dying yarns. (laughs) 